At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest, darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It's the 27th of February, 2014. For those of us in the northeastern part of North America, it's almost over. Really, just around the next vortex, it's over. Uh, Dave, how are you doing this week? I, I am doing great, and you know what, right at the beginning of the show, I am going to uh, give a big thanks to my co-host, that would be you, Mr. Jim Hedger, oh, um, for, for, for prepping out a, a bunch of great news stories. I had a, a surprise visit from my uh, from my dad, who's you know in town, um, showed up for like the half an hour before the show, when I'm usually like cramming a, a bunch of new information in and pulling up stories I've been hearing through the week. Um, you know, he walked out about two minutes before the show, but you have everything lined up for the earlier part. Um, so, I, I, so big thank you for that. I even made, I even got point form notes here, eh? You, you do. You know what, Jim? You're just swell. Now you know what you got to do. You got to <laughs> thank, honest to goodness. Like, yeah, I, this is this this one goes out to Bria Jordan. She did this. Uh, you, you, you met Bria. You know Bria, right? I, I ha- we're Facebook friends. You're Facebook, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know each other real good. Um, yeah, so this morning I write Bree in the panic. I had uh, two conference calls, um, a proposal, and the Magnus Opus book that I'm writing to work on this morning, and uh, didn't have time. So uh, yeah, I wrote her in a, in a panic. I'm not going to have time. Please do the research. And Bree, you've given us a great show. Thank you. And we do got a great show coming up. We're going to be talking about Bitcoin, Google Glass hate crimes. Really? Um <laughs> Uh, moving IBM's operating system to handheld device, building your own handheld device, hope for BlackBerry, and a whole bunch more. But you know what? I want to start with, uh, you know, I'm really big on uh, human rights. That's one of the most important things politically to me is is human rights, regardless of whatever community, right? And looks like... um, 
we might have to start taking up the banner of uh, protection of people wearing Google glasses. Oh, that's a hard one. Such a hard oh, one. You know, I have to defend them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody acting uh, in an illegal manner in a legal public space, you have the right to wear Google glasses. Ah, so their rights got to be defended. Um, yeah, you, you, you must have read this story. It came out of San Francisco, a Google Glass ex- quote-unquote explorer. You know that's what they're called, like uh, people who wear Google Glass, eh? Explorer. Yeah, they need to stop doing that. But <laughs> can you think of another large corporation Google might be in competition with that also uses the word explorer frequently? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, <laughs> a little bit about Google, but anyway, uh, this Google Glass wearer walks into a punk bar. There is a punchline coming after this, but unfortunately, the punchline was directed towards her. Um, she got mugged. Her purse got taken, her Google Glasses got taken, presumably her Android device got taken, her wallet got taken, her credit cards got taken. And, um, well, she's without her, you know, devices and wallet and credit cards and all that sort of stuff. All because she was wearing Google Glasses in a punk bar in the south side of downtown San Francisco, the Tenderloin District. Yeah. Yeah, um, like if this, the, there is an element here, and I'm sure you know. If if you'd been shipped a pair, Jim, I'm sure I'm sure you'd wear them from time to time. You know, I would. You know, it, oh, it's, yeah. it's a cool little neat device. But would I have the common sense to go, hey, you know where they probably don't want me wearing some of these in a punk bar, right? <laughs> I, I I would like to think I would have the good sense. That does not justify, however, you know. I mean, uh, this is just ridiculous. Um, Clearly, and and just in in my you know ever so humble opinion here, because um, you you know me as a as a humble person there, eh, Jim. Um, I mean, clearly they it was probably going to be somebody like they had to just be looking for somebody, and and that made made her a, an easy target. Um, you know, but uh, this is just it's it, it's a it's a horrible event. I mean, I wouldn't wear them into a punk bar to begin with. I'd like to think I'd have the common sense not to do that. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, nothing justifies violence like that. I mean, you know, the funny thing for me is not the punk bar. I mean, she was dumb wearing them into a punk bar anywhere because you're going to get looked at askew if you walk into a punk bar looking, looking and acting like the Borg. But you know the uh, tone of San Francisco right now um, and the tech community, right? Yep. The uh, people in the tech community especially people working in the heart of the tech community of Silicon Valley tend to be to receive above average wages. Right. Um, for whatever reason, for good or for ill, but you know, I don't want to get, get into that. But when you have a huge group of people who are making a whole bunch more money, prices in that area are going to rise. That's right. the way it goes. So, you know, there's, and there's going to be more demand on things like a space to live. So, you know, higher demand, higher prices. That's how, you know, freewheeling world works. And that's pushing people who are not in the tech community out of parts of San Francisco. Now, I'm not going to say this is good. I'm not going to say this is bad. You know, there's a, there's a whole class warfare thing go, going on in the conversation around this. Yeah. Um, this does happen. It happens in every, in every city for whatever reason. In this case, it's because the tech community just, you know, generates such a volume of income 
for for people employed by it that it raises costs all around for everybody or raises the price of stuff all around for everybody and that, and you know I, I can see both sides of this issue but here's one thing I don't do I don't walk around like downtown of uh, Chicago waving hundred dollar bills in the air because you're gonna get somebody putting their fists in your face and taking your hundred dollar bills that's good <coughs> Were you there? Right. I, you might have been there on a really funny night uh, years ago. Years, years, years ago. It was at SES San Jose. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were there. We were. It was really late at night. Um, <laughs> I, I already know the night you're about to talk about. It was about maybe 20 of us. Danny Sullivan was there, and uh, the bar that we were in was going to close, and we all had to go somewhere else, and so I scouted ahead, and I found this really, really cool bar that appealed to me. And, you know, I didn't really go in. But we, we all walked in together wearing our conference clothes and business suits. So that's it. It was a punk bar in San Jose. And you know, it, was, it was like in the movies. The conversation stopped. And we all walked in going, oh, shit, we're, shoot, we're in the wrong bar, aren't we? Well, that's <laughs> what happened here. That's <laughs> uh, what happened here. You don't walk into the wrong bar in uh, the Tenderloin District of San Francisco wearing Google Glasses. Um, and I don't mean to blame the victim. I agree with you. Is don't rob people, don't do no violence, bad, bad stuff. But you know, we're the but when you when you look through your Google Glass and you see the name of the place is called Molotovs that you're about to walk into, <laughs> indeed, something might run through your brain going, let's just pull these off before somebody else does. <laughs> exactly. Bad position um, around Google Glass, young explorer. Um, I just want to go back to that. What the heck is Google doing calling them explorers? Like, come on, Google. <laughs> you know, maybe if Microsoft expected people to get lucky whenever they run the operating system. Well, actually, Microsoft <laughs> doesn't expect people to get lucky whenever they run the operating system. <laughs> it's going to crash on you. You're going to have some time to kill. And uh, you, know where, you know where your operating system totally can't crash? Where? When it's running your car. <laughs> so, in a surprise move um, this week, Ford, Ford Motor Company, mm-hmm. has pulled back from the Windows operating system and has announced it's going to be using beleaguered, uh, beleaguered uh, mobile device uh, manufacturer BlackBerry to create its newest uh, operating system for new Ford cars. you got to kind of like this, don't you? Like, we've talked multiple times about the, the downslide and, and death of BlackBerry. Um, doesn't this make you kind of happy in a weird kind of way? Oh, it makes me happy in a whole bunch of different ways. In southern Ontario, where I live, BlackBerry is the incubator. The, um, the great innovative talent that's making stuff happen in the greater Toronto area around tech, around the internet, around uh, business and innovation, many of them cut their teeth in Kitchener-Waterloo at BlackBerry. Right. Of course they um, And you know, look what BlackBerry has brought to the, to the economy and to the, to, to the education system in southern Ontario. Um, we have a quantum physics lab at the University of Waterloo at which um, Stephen Hawking is uh, is a member. B 
because of BlackBerry. Like, the importance of it can't be underestimated. And so watching BlackBerry wither on the vine and almost die this year, over the last couple of years, has been quite painful. Seeing, seeing them, you know, oh my goodness, they have a contract to provide the platform for the communicative devices of new Ford automobiles. That makes me want to invest in them. And this is where my problem comes, Dave. My dad holds a number of BlackBerry shares, and him and I have argued incessantly over his dining room table about, I'm saying, Dad, I love BlackBerry, but it's a total dog. And he's like, well, I'm just going to hold in there, Jimmy, because I know best. And I got to go back to him and say, Dad, it looks like you were right. And that chuffs me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You asked. That's how I feel. (laughs) I think everybody has that uh, that little competition with their dads Um, or moms. Um, You know, with that like, oh, if I've got to be wrong, it's kind of okay, but not wrong to you. You got to be right for so much of that time, and then I grew up and went, oh, he was right. Maybe I shouldn't have been doing that when I was 17. Well, also, I mean, this is like, this is my world. I, if my, 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 my father was involved in the, was an electrical engineer, okay? Yep. So when it comes to the way electricity flows and works and stuff, I'm not going to... I will defer to him because, you know, he knows, right? Right. He's an electrical engineer, for goodness sake. He knows how that stuff works, how the stuff flows down them tubes. But when it comes to the tech world, well, I mean, like, I want to be right about this because I'm uh, 45 <laughs> years old, damn it. <laughs> and I'm not sure at all. <laughs> but you want to be the authority on why you'd have a BlackBerry. Leave him to be an authority on how the capacitors work inside the thing. Exactly. <laughs> Now, I'm a little bit mollified by the, uh, the idea that in the tech world, you can't be right all the time. It's true. It's, and once in a while, we're going to pull a, uh, what's, a what's, what's the right word for it? A boner. We're, there you are. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, six smart-ass remarks all buried quickly. Um, Apple. I don't think people has... Apple pulled a boater this week. Pretty bad one, too, in fact. Um, mm-hmm. Apple announced earlier today that it was going to retire Snow Leopard, the operating system that uh, runs pretty much every modern Apple device. Um, unfortunately, Snow Leopard leaves 20% of Mac computers at serious risk to being, well, attacked. It's not just for PCs anymore. Um, Apparently, the operating system 10.6 won't be patched. Others will. Um, Safari 6 and 7 will be patched. Anything 5.1.10 back will not be patched. And Apple will be introducing a new operating system as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah, here's here's why this bothers me on multiple fronts. Um, and I, I think this is just a, a horrible move by Apple that reinforces my mocking of people who own them. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know, it's just interesting timing because Microsoft, too, just announced 
um, that they were going to be dropping support for one of their operating systems. So we have Apple dropping support of Snow Leopard, uh, publicly unveiled in June 8th of 2009. Uh, and, and within a, you know, a very brief period of time, it was just a little while ago that Microsoft announced they were going to stop supporting Windows XP launching August 24th, 2001. Hey, Jim so and Dave, when I'm going uh, to, sorry, sorry, Jim and Dave, uh, we have somebody on the line. The, the Apple Snow Leopard actually wanted to chime in. <laughs> that was all. all good. I really couldn't translate that, but I, I just had to let him uh, on the line for a second. Never, <laughs> never let it be said that we don't have all opinions on this show. <laughs> um, I mean, to me, this is just, it's another, like, I love having, you know, I've got six monitors, you know, and, and this and that. So I just love the flexibility of PCs. Um, but I know um, going back not that long ago, you know, my grandmother bought one and it was the last one and, it, you know, of, of, of that chipset. So she couldn't uh, end up upgrading its operating system. Now they're dropping uh, support for ones where the operating systems are from 2009. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I can I can rag on Microsoft operating systems till the cows come home. But when you're willing to support it for 13 years, and Apple's coming in, you know, four or five years in, going, sorry, folks, you need a new machine. Come on, that's. Um, uh, I'm a, I'm a PC head as well. I'm not a Mac head. I'm a PC head. But in this case, I'm going to support the. I'm going to just to devil's advocate. Yeah, at least for the most part, Mac systems have worked without fail. Um, I'm a PC head. I've had to suffer through Vista. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've had to suffer. You know, it's, Microsoft seems to get every other iteration of its operating system right. So the the odd ones are great. The even ones stink. And I want the ability to use an old operating system if that is what works better for me. The problem is, you know, as as uh, technology advances. Older operating systems just don't do what, um, you know, just can't support the, the technology that, that's being commonly used by other, other operating systems. Right. So, anyway, there's hope for BlackBerry. That's the, the whole point of all that was, oh, no, not BlackBerry, Apple. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's uh, one more problem for iPhone, specifically around iPhone uh, phone users. There's a number of apps out there on the iPhone that are malicious key loggers. They're um, sending information to external servers, and um, yeah, um, some of your apps are watching not just watching what you do, but watching what you type. What a surprise! Um, that one, <laughs> you know what? I think that one just goes back to exactly what uh, you know. You and I have discussed it on on privacy shows. You know what? Let's just assume that the second that I turn on an electronic device, <laughs> yeah. that everything that I do, say, or type um, can be logged, and and probably is. I mean, that's what you got to do. It's it's ah, oh, it's terrible to have to fall back on. Let's just accept this. But you're right. What are you going to do, eh? Well, that's it. Am I going to stop using these devices? Nope. So just be aware. That's all, yeah. that's all we can really do. Now, you know one of the wonderful things about existing in the environment of radio? What's that? There is one thing you can do. You can what annoy is that? them. You can annoy them. This one goes out to the NSA and any other group that might be listening. we got to go to commercial. you got to listen to our commercials just in case <laughs> there's something in there. So you got to listen. Ha-ha. 
friends from Action Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned. We're going to come back with more stuff after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Are your online conversions still lagging behind your competitors? Then it's time to master your skills in website conversion optimization. Sign up for Conversion Conference San Francisco, March 17th through the 19th. Brasco from WebmasterRadio.fm here inviting you to the biggest ever conversion conference in San Francisco. It's the only digital marketing conference that's entirely focused on getting more web visitors through your conversion funnel. Join your colleagues and learn from leading conversion experts like Tim Ash, Brian Eisenberg, and Bart Schutz. Bring your entire team and see what difference these three days with the world's best conversion optimizers can do to your revenue and bottom line. Come to Conversion Conference, where top companies get ideas and strategies for more effective websites and online campaigns. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get a $150 discount on their pass. Simply register online at ConversionConference.com with promo code WMFM or click on the Conversion Conference logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm website. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 27th of February, 2014. Jim Hedger from Digital Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. And hey Dave, I got a public service announcement for us. <laughs> What's that, Jim? I've been assured by one Lindsay Nelson that um, sometime between today and tomorrow, Mercury is exiting retrograde. Okay? So if you, if you follow the logic here, <laughs> For content creators, it gets better. That's 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 all. Public service announcement. Content creators, put the pills down. It gets better. 
Apparently, from what I've very recently learned, when Mercury is in retrograde, people have a difficult time communicating. I, I, I didn't know that. Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, public service announcement for content creators, it gets better as of like about midnight or something. <laughs> hold, hold on. You'll get it right. <laughs> Go on the or something. Don't waste time. Um, Bing. There's a great story that came out from Bing, uh, published, uh, published, actually it was last week, in uh, Search Engine Land by, guess who? Barry! Barry Schwartz, <laughs> yes. Um, so last week, Barry Schwartz brought us the news based on a uh, blog post from, from Dwayne Forrester at Bing. Poor grammar and typos may result in lower search rankings at Bing. Mm-hmm. According to Dwayne Forrester, who, if you don't read Dwayne's work, read it. Dwayne is, um, Dwayne is a very, very, very smart fellow. Um, but Dwayne says, just as you're judging others' writings, so the engines judge yours. So you're like, you know, Bing is looking at how well the content is written on your page. If there's typos, grammatical issues, um, constant messing up of, of current and past tense, etc. Anything that might inhibit a reader from enjoying and learning from the, from the article or piece of content in front of them, that might inhibit their ratings or their rankings. You know what I love about this story um, is, it, it, you're right, this is from last week, it was Friday, so it was after our show, but what happened on Thursday, um, so yeah. we, we did get yeah. to discuss it, is Bing Webmaster Guidelines updating to for, for demoting keyword stuffing. Now we're hearing, hey, we're actually looking at the, the quality. So really we can see this path is all we need to do to understand Bing is just use archives.org, go back about five years into Google's blog, <laughs> see what they're talking about and saying that they're, they're now incorporating, and, and we're going to know what Bing's going to be doing tomorrow. Well, yeah, no. I mean, Google's come out and, and said they um, kind of sort of look at um, spelling. There's certainly a correlation between how you spell a word and what will be coming up um, in Google results. There's certainly a correlation between uh, correct spelling and the assignation of page rank uh, to a page document or content, mostly as it relates to other documents that might also have an iteration of that spelling. Um, chances are pages that misspell words over and over and over again are probably going to have crappier content is what Google's thinking. Mm -hmm. um, but according to Matt Cutts, Google doesn't use grammar as a direct signal. Uh, earlier this month, Matt Cutts noted that poor grammar and comments won't hurt your rankings at Google either. There's no impact whatsoever. But Bing, on the other hand, is you know concentrating on grammar. That's a signal point. I just find that really neat. And, I, hmm? and hopeful. Well, I, I just like people with, with BAs. So are you referring to hopeful in a, hey, we're going to get quality, uh, a higher quality of uh, search results, or hopeful like, hey, I've been, you know, spell checking my content, so at least it's going to actually give me some 
give me some uh, additional uh, street cred and, and bumps and results? Both, actually. I mean, when you think about it, um, one of the one of the services that my company sells is content creation. We take that fairly seriously. <laughs> um, the the material has to be well written and communicative. It has to be written to answer whatever questions might be asked about the the, the topic that that page of content addresses. So yeah, this makes me very hopeful as a service provider because if Bing is going to go out of its way to rank well-written content better, then, you know, stands to reason that if we write our content well, it should rank better. But more importantly to me is the, one of the reasons I got involved in the internet originally, Dave, and I don't know, this might sound snooty or elitist or whatever, I don't care. One of the reasons I got involved in the internet originally was it was a place that intelligent people met to exchange ideas, and it was such a wonderful, I mean, the, we grew up in the age when intelligent people want to want to get together and to fly into somewhere. <laughs> right. Know? In 1995, the first guy in Russia, my mind was blown. Was it because you got just demolished by some guy in Russia playing chess? Well, that too. But I was playing some guy in Russia. Like, this is 95, don't forget. So this was a big deal uh, almost 20 years ago. I've got the sound of a squealing like fourteen four modem going through my head right now. No, that was me going, Yeah, he's beating me. <laughs> oh, I definitely needed that. How did he take my queen with a pawn? Yeah, how do I take that back? Oh, I can't. <laughs> I thought this was a computer thing. Yeah, that was me. Sorry, that's not the modem. Oh, I remember that noise. That was the that was the sound of freedom. You know, much like the much like putting a card in your bike spokes was the sound of freedom. <laughs> the sound of the fourteen four, freedom. <laughs> what else have we got in front of us here? Um, uh, what are you interested in today? I, I'm just going through a whole litany of tabs here, going. Which story do we want to talk about next? Um, we can talk bitcoins. We can. You know what? Let's let's go Bitcoin now, and then for the last segment, I want to talk about build your own mobile device because that that was the one that really has me fascinated this week. But Bitcoin, um, gee, what happened? Somebody made off with a bunch of Bitcoin, like what three hundred and ten million dollars worth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. How do you get spend that? I mean, isn't that, isn't that like walking off with a Picasso? Because every Bitcoin has an identity attached to it. It has an identifier. Does it not? Um, not really, no. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the, the allure of Bitcoins in the um, sort of underworld of, of things. Um, is that it is, it's like cash. It's holder has it. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, some technical ways to sort of figure crap out if you really wanted to, but inherently that's what the system is built on. Um, to me, this really is the hallmark of all, uh, that is wrong <laughs> <laughs> with, with Bitcoins. But here's why, I mean, we watched Bitcoin, uh, itself. Uh, take a, a significant hit. Fair enough. I mean, this is a reminder about how weak um, the current system for bitcoins is, right? I mean, these they walked away with 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, you know, so what essentially what happened and 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 what kind of trust can I possibly have in this system? Well, at the same time, the same kind of trust that happened in the early banking days before, um, you know, we had the, you know, the government insuring set amounts of money in, in the, you know, in the banks and stuff, you know, in the, if the bank went bankrupt or, or whatnot. Um, you know, I mean, once upon a time, you went, you deposited your money in the bank. If that bank got robbed and went back, you were done. <laughs> that was it. It was cash. It no longer exists. You're done. Um, you know, so I, I think in this case, while it is showing an inherent weakness in the Bitcoin system, the weakness isn't in what it is. It's in how it's being managed currently. So if you were to say, um, be accepting Bitcoins as a business, you know, let's say my, you know, Beanstalk decided to accept Bitcoins as money. Um, you know, this would be a, a tremendous realization of I have nowhere to put these. But if my bank, you know, I you know I bank at TD. I don't know where you bank, but whatever, you know, an institution that I trust. If they took them in, so I knew, okay, Bitcoin's volatile. It may drop fifty percent tomorrow, but at least I know my one Bitcoin <laughs> is sitting in a bank, a bank that I already trust with all my money. Um, you know, would I, would Bitcoin be in the same situation that they're in now? And so I think what this is really hallmarking is not that the actual structure itself is flawed, or, or sorry, rather, that the structure itself is flawed, but not that the actual product is. I mean, I, I'm not a huge, huge fan of Bitcoins, but... I do understand why people like them, and I think this is more a weakness in how the entire system has to function right now, and that there are no reputable um, institutions uh, or highly reputable and, and stable institutions that are taking and holding them. And I think if we if we had that, then the entire Bitcoin system would be a, a far more secure, far better place where you wouldn't have some company walking away with hundreds of millions of dollars. They'd have too much at stake, right? These are major banks. They're going to lose billions upon billions, hundreds of billions, just to to walk away with you know a, a little bit. They've got more to lose, and the and the government could step in and has um, the insurance in place um, my, to protect you. My problem with Bitcoin, I think, is um, I can't understand it as a currency. I can understand it as a commodity. I can understand it as a um, a, a digital asset, but I can't understand it as a hard, as a tradable currency, um, and that may be a limit to my own imagination. But something that has to be mined, that is stored and hoarded, that fluctuates based on investor interest so rapidly, strikes me more of a commodity than a currency. That said. When uh, the, the break-in happened at the, the digital storage depot called, called Mount Grow, the world erupted saying Bitcoin is going to fail, it's going to fall down, this is the, 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 the last gas for Bitcoin, etc. Except since Tuesday, since Tuesday of this week, over 30,000 Bitcoins have changed hands in China, which is you know four times the normal trading volume. As long as there's people who are willing to invest value into this scheme, 
bitcoins will retain and and accrue value. Well, and the thing is, I think you exactly hit what it is. We can't view this as a, a currency per se because it does fluctuate. It is based purely on supply and demand. Um, but at the, well, indeed. Um, and then, but then at the same time, I look and go, okay, why was a Bitcoin worth a thousand dollars? Well, at the same time, I can go, why are Facebook shares possibly what they're at with their annual revenue? <laughs> like, and, and at the same time, I've also just for this fluctuation thing, um, we live in a country whose you know currency has devalued by a factor of one tenth over the last six months. Yeah, just wanted to, want to get that in there, just to, you know, as a note. Bitcoin no, and that's like, a, a, very, a very good point. The difference is you can't mine Canadian dollars. You can mine for Canadian dollars. You can go to work <laughs> and get a job, and they'll give you Canadian dollars for it. <laughs> but you can't mine them. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a tradable commodity for the average individual. No. Um, it is for speculators, perhaps, but even then, it's a currency, not a commodity. Bitcoin feels like a commodity to me. Yeah, no, and I, I think you're spot on. I think that's exactly what it is, and it trades in a very similar way, um, except the fact that, that real institutions haven't picked it up. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars can get stolen in an instant. Well, again, I think it's just that real institutions don't quite understand it as a currency. How right. do you treat it if you're the Royal Bank? How do you treat it if you're Bank of America? You know, um, how do you treat it if you can't um, ensure that it's not being used for illegal and nefarious purposes? Right. So anyway, that's that's uh, watch the Bitcoin saga. That I don't, I don't think it's ever going to be a legitimate currency, but it does give an indicator of where. How to say this? How society wants to treat digital assets? Yeah. Anyway, what else do they got? You know what? We have we have about a minute before we got to go to break. Um, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll take out because we were talking just about this a little bit earlier. Um, Matt cuts new video, um, and it was a question regarding scientific content. Um, it basically, you know, Cliff notes. Um, it's while scientific content is great, clarity and focusing on the searcher is important, right? So I, I think this is, is a great example of, of sort of what, uh, what we were talking about earlier is, um, you know, while, while facts and figures and highly technical information is awesome. I mean, we're dealing, you know, this is coming from Matt Cutts. I'm sure he's read a tech doc or two. Um, you know, the man's written patent. So if we want to get into convoluted documents of tech babble that's it um but to be kind of saying at the end of the day what we need um is for the average searcher who's looking up a solution to their problem or for information to be able to understand what they're reading um i think that's something you know let's take that outside the the scientific area specifically and go you know this is of crucial importance at the end of the day all google cares about whatever reading level they may be whatever um, education level they may have, uh, depending on the query, they need to understand what the user wants, and they're essentially going to give them what they want. So you can create a, a brilliant, highly researched white paper on something. If it's not written in a way that people are going to understand who are searchers, it's not going to rank no matter how brilliant it is. 
Absolutely. And just to uh, go back to our public service announcement, uh, content creators, don't even bother attempting that until past midnight. You're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. We've got to take a break, Dave. But when we come back, this is the most exciting story we've covered all day. Project Aura, Google's modular smartphone project. I want to talk about it. For remaining time, but before we're able to do that, we've got to take a break. We've got to go to this commercial show and web college. So, that's Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. It's your measurement is always media. You listen to web college and webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Web college. We'll be back after this short break. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. And a pitch. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Weapons of mass marketing, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 27th of February, 2014, and Dave, I'm going to ask a very personal question. Okay, go for it. What do you carry around in your pocket? What kind of smartphone do you carry? What, what kind of smartphone do you have? <laughs> um, I'm still, uh, still using a Galaxy Nexus. Okay. Um, a couple of years old, but I, I, I like it works well, so I haven't upgraded yet. Okay, now... If you um you hit that little center uh, button electronic button on your on your Android device and up pops the menu of a gajillion and one different things your phone might be able to do right yep I have the same sort of thing the same sort of feature on my Android device I push that center button and a jillion and one options open up so many options I got to tab across three different screens to see them all and you know the truth 
I'm not going to use a tenth of them. I'm not. I mean, I can't, maybe I could, but I'm not. So why does my phone contain all this stuff? Right. Why can't it do a bunch of stuff I don't need it to do? Is it more expensive than it needs to be because it's, you know, got a whole bunch of technology that I'm never going to use in it? Is that fair to me, the consumer? When you could build a much smarter mousetrap, or even better, let me build that much smarter mousetrap myself. And that's what Google's trying to do with something they call Project Aura, A-R-A, Project Aura. Wow. Have you, have you read about this uh, very much yet? Um, not too much. Um, from what I had read, the first thing I, I thought to myself is, A, brilliant idea, uh, and B, it was really, really brilliant a year ago when Phoneblocks did it, or, or was trying to do it, and, and, and I, I just wanted to give them a shout-out, because it was a great idea, and now it won't work, because Google's about to just stomp on them. <laughs> well, you know, Phoneblocks got their idea from a company in 2008, an Israeli startup called Modu, who made a credit card micro handset that you could, you know, swap in and out different uh, devices for different purposes. Mm-hmm. Or it was actually built around a case. You put it in a different case for a different usage. But it never caught on. It didn't work. Right. Back in 2008, the consumer wasn't interested. But Moto had all these patents. And Moto went out of business. But guess where it ended up selling its patents? Let me guess. Google. Let me guess. Google. Yeah. Google. <laughs> okay. Now. Uh, remember a year ago when uh, we, I, I remember us breathlessly saying, Google has bought Motorola for this amount of money, and oh my goodness, how much money, you know, crazy people. Remember that? Yep. So back in August 2011, uh, Google acquires Motorola Mobility, and it sells it a year and a half later at a loss. But there's uh, a kept a piece. This part didn't actually come out or wasn't covered as much as it should have been. Google kept a piece of Motorola and kept the advanced technology uh, advanced technology and projects group headed by somebody named Regina Dugan. Now, Ms. Dugan used to head DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects, mm-hmm. projects Agency. DARPA is the group that makes all those cool things like, you know, roboticized soldiers and um, flying tanks and uh, orbital mind control lasers and stuff. Um, I don't know about the flying tanks, but I'm positive on the orbital mind control lasers. Um, <laughs> that's, such, that's such an old joke. Anyway, the ATAP, the, the Advanced Technology and Projects Group, they're the guys who came up with Google X. They're the guys who came up with Google Glass, with uh, self-driving cards, with uh, big dirigibles that uh, pose that that uh, substitute as billboards. And they're also the people who've come up with the idea of Project Aura, which is a mix and match device for, um, well, basically, it will allow you to build your own phone. Build your own mobile computing device. You want a BlackBerry-like keyboard? Smack on a BlackBerry-like keyboard. You uh, want an extremely good camera? Well, slap that on. You don't need all that extra storage for games that you don't that you never play. Don't worry about it. You don't got to, You don't got to support it. Don't don't slap that on. How cool is that? Well, here's what I really the pros and cons to like the, out, of, out of the as a marketer, I think 
what a freaking nightmare. <laughs> like, as if there weren't enough permutations we had to deal with, now you can build your own permutation. Um, just to, to tweak that, that whole experience in there. As a user, though, here's what I, I love the idea that I can have my version of my phone for when I'm here, have a different version of my phone when I'm at a conference, when I might go, you know what, I'm not going to take, you know, I don't need my you know, movie downloads and, you know, I don't need all these pictures that I haul around all the time. So let's take off this honking big hard drive, put on a smaller one and replace that with a honking big battery, right? And just, you know, that all of a sudden you can, you can tweak what it is that you are and have and are, are carrying around without having to worry about, um, you know, losing stuff or having a second phone or whatnot. You can just change it to be what you want. Um, you know, do I need a big display? Not really, as long as it's big enough for me to go to Google Maps and see exactly how lost I am when I'm walking around a city. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. about all I'm all I'm going to need while I'm traveling. Um, so I, at the end of the day, I, I I think it's a great idea, and I am looking, going. You know, one of my big problems with my phone, and again, it, it's it's not so big. I dropped it once, has a couple cracks on it, nothing that affects anything really. So I I haven't bothered to worry about. It. Heck, I get a free upgrade. I still haven't worried about it at that that much, you know, that little of an inconvenience. I'm like, you know what? If all I had to do was click off my display, click on another one, yeah, you know, what what a what a great advancement that is. That when one piece goes, when your battery goes, you're not having to deal with an odd scenario. It's no, you, it, it's just a you know, you click one in. On my phone, yeah, the battery's easy to replace. Not on all of them though. So I I love the idea. Um, I love the idea of being able to put bigger cameras on when I'm traveling and have just a normal camera when it's just, you know, walking around the, the city I live in. Um, For me, that anything that makes a mobile device or any piece of consumer technology, consumer internet active technology more useful to the individual consumer's needs, I'm all for it. Um, when it comes to how we market to people with uh, you know varying devices or varying iterations of the same device, we're going to learn a lot more about that sometime in mid-April because the very first Aura Developers Conference is being held by Google. It looks like it's being held in Mountain View, California. There's an event at the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, California. And this happens April 15th and 16th. There's a registration page at projectaura.com. Full disclosure, we are not getting paid to talk about this. I just think it's awfully cool, and I'm hoping somebody who signs up will come on the show in early May to tell us about this. I think that's a great idea. And you know what I, I think? One of the things, I guess, you know, in, in the, on, to, on to new topics or to close out the show, but um, one of the things I think is going to be really, really interesting to see is when you're dealing with a modular device, what kind of new hardware um, gets developed because now all of a sudden... Um, you know, there's a developers conference. They don't just have to look at creating apps and talking with the manufacturers to see, you know, to get the processors to do this and that. You need the processors to be built a specific way. Build it, right, and then just make it so that it's compatible to click in. I, I think we're looking at a at a new generation uh, where on the ground developers um, will be able to to build for a system that really they haven't been able to build for unless they work for Motorola or Nokia or um, you know Samsung or whatnot. You know, when 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 Bree brought me this story, my very first thing I thought of, uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if a lot of listeners are going to be able to relate to this. I'm you know I'm a little bit older, I'm in my mid forties. When I was a kid, took a uh, a van with a Dodge engine in it 
from, you know, I had traveled across North America back again a couple times in it, and I had to learn to take that engine apart and put it back together again, but it was a Mopar engine, so it was like easy, and Mopar parts were interoperable from engine to engine to engine to engine. As long as it was a slant six, it didn't matter if it was, if it was built in 73 or 76, it probably could use the same part. It was excellent. And that's that kind of thinking, that kind of uh, engineering created a whole phase of um, auto enthusiasts who would build hot rods. They would soup up their cars because they could, because it was so easy to. That's right. what I see happening with computing devices. And I got to tell you, that excites me. Yeah, no, that's going to be excellent. I really look forward to seeing where mobile's at in five years from now. We got we got about two minutes left, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, at the beginning of the last polar vortex that hit us, I I said, no, Dave, I got to tell you, the, the the story of the week has got to be the weather. And if you lived in the Northeast, you'd get it. Um, this is un- almost unprecedented. It's been over twenty years since we've had a winter this harsh. But the weather geeks um, at the U.S. Meteorological Service, have, at the National Weather Service, have figured out who's getting it worst. Y- you want to know? Sure, I'd love to know. I mean, if, if things weren't crappy enough already, the city of Detroit, of all cities in you know, Canada and the United States that have suffered through this crappy, horrible, debilitating, depressing, uh, destabilizing winter. Detroit has had the most extreme and most difficult to deal with weather of all of us. So brothers and sisters in Detroit, uh, Ryan Jones, SEO Ryan Jones, we're pointing at you and a whole bunch of folks from the from the Sapien community were pointing at you. Folks, uh, my heart breaks for you. Wow. That sucks to be you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> For what it's worth, it sucks to be me. I'm in Toronto, and we're not having a good time of it. <laughs> well, you know what? It got down to the 20s over here, so it's tough. 20s? Oh, Fahrenheit? Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. Survive. I know. I barely, barely. Um, yeah, that was like for three days. Yeah. <laughs> that was at night. Went up to the like high 20s, low 30s for... Uh, um, you know, for the daytime high, so it really wasn't that bad. But I like to complain about it anyway because we're not supposed to have that here. I actually snowed a little bit. I remember, yeah, I read about that. I saw a little dusting of snow and made Ross's, Ross Dunn's kids really happy, apparently. And I got to, I, I, you know, I've got to say, if Ross Dunn's kids were happy with like a half inch of snow on the ground, they would be over the moon to be in my backyard. <laughs> the frost dunkins were in my backyard you wouldn't see them <laughs> the, the snow's bigger than they are um, okay that's uh, we're we're rounding up the hour pretty quickly but it was just to, 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 to one up here negative 14 celsius uh, about 12 Yikes. maybe 30 centimeters away from me negative 14 celsius that's got to be on the Fahrenheit scale, I think that counts as really freaking cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, better you than me. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'll say the same thing with the earthquake. Uh, I'll, yeah, indeed, I miss Victoria. Jeez, I miss Victoria. <laughs> okay, friends, we have rounded up the hour here on Web College at WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, you can reach Dave at 
Dave at BeanstalkSEO.com. You can reach me, Jim at DigitalWaysMedia.com. You can reach anybody at Webmaster Radio by going to WebmasterRadio.fm. Check out our podcasts, uh, download them from iTunes, and stick around. We've got more great content coming up on the network after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.